Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, January 21st, 2022, and this is Season 2, Episode 3 of our program. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the first few episodes of uh, Season 2. We're on the multi-episode arc as I detail a book I wrote in 2007. Actually, I I had ideas uh, for the book going back to about the year 2001. I've explained this the last uh, couple of weeks. Idea for the book in 2001 finally came to fruition the early days of 2006, and I uh, published the book about a year later. It would have been January 2007, or it was January 2007. It was 15 years ago. Over the last 15 years, I've thought about the book very little. Uh, some other things kind of took um, precedence uh, in, in front of it in my life, and I haven't thought about the book much. If I haven't mentioned it, the book is called The Other Side of the Coin, and let's just say it's out of print. Uh, I've got a few copies in my shed, um, and that, that's about it. But the story of the book is really more interesting than the book itself, and I've been going through that the last couple of weeks. I think I've made it through exactly two days. Um, <laughs> this is like the, the, the James Joyce uh, Ulysses telling uh, of the story. It's like, well, I, I can go through like my, my entire, entire life just based on this one day that happened to me. And, well, actually, I'm on two now. I explained on a previous week the origin of, of the story, how I had read this book in 2001 when I was a college student taking a political science course in labor policy. The book was called Nickel and Dimed, a number one New York Times best-selling book by author Barbara Ehrenreich, who had undertaken this project to pose as an impoverished person and write a book about her experience. She did that, and the uh, book became one giant self-fulfilling prophecy. She wanted to make it look difficult, and lo and behold, it was. My thought was, nobody goes through life trying to make their life look difficult to write a book about it. Uh, well, no one did before social media. Now, a lot of people do that, but uh, people who live in the real world do not people who live in the real world try to succeed. And that was the point of my book, The Free Market Response to Nickel and Dime, that I was going to show up in a town where I didn't know anyone, didn't have anything, and I was going to succeed. The two things Miss Ehrenreich writes of in her quest to live are, one, you need a place to stay, and you need employment. Today's episode describes my dealings and such. I got through, uh, this is January 1st of 2006 and January 2nd of 2006. I described my journey first, uh, you know, walking to the bus station in Binghamton at, uh, at the dawn of January 1st, taking a bus first uh, to Washington, D.C., spending a night in Washington, and then taking the bus south to Raleigh, North Carolina, I was 
that was uh, totally by chance. It was the first Dixie stop uh, leaving the bus station that morning. And this is now January 2nd. Um, you know, I checked into the Days Inn Motel that was uh, across the street from the Greyhound station. And uh, I told last week of my evening watching my beloved Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish lose to Ohio State, unfortunately, in the Fiesta Bowl. I did have one bit of good news that night, however. I had picked up a free, that's right, a free newspaper. Um, in the, I guess it was in the lobby of the hotel. And I looked through the uh, classified ads. Back when we used to do this um, in, like, in real life, like on a piece of paper, trying to find uh, jobs and housing. And I'm flipping through available housing and looking at the uh, rooms available. I'm looking for the cheapest room I can possibly find. And I stumbled upon one that was offering rates per week. Like, oh, I, I don't have to put out a whole month's uh uh, rent for an apartment. I can I can rent this uh, apartment per week, and the the rent. This is funny. It was advertised as ninety five dollars a week, which to me sounded like an incredibly high sum of money, which is just ridiculous to think now. You know, fifteen years or sixteen years later, that um, where I live outside of Washington D.C. I mean, you 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 can't get a closet uh, for less than thousand dollars a month like there, there's going to be a comma in your rent bill whereas the place i was coming from upstate new york binghamton was uh my first apartment was 295 a month yes you heard those numbers correctly 295 dollars a month for like a decent one bedroom apartment like yeah i was in a bad neighborhood most of Binghamton is a bad neighborhood, but the the apartment was nice. It was like one bedroom and hardwood floors and like all the major appliances and everything. And so it was like shocking to me that like the cheapest apartment I could find was, you know, more than that. It was a, a third more than that, uh, if you will, as a math lesson for the day. That um, seemed to me like a lot of money, but. I had $95. I, I could pay for a week. Um, I wanted to hear a little bit about the place, though, so I called the phone number. This is this is the part of the story where um, it's like, you, you know it has a happy ending. So I called the phone number. This is the first place I called about finding an apartment because Miss Erin Reich writes in her book, that it was it was difficult for her to find housing. And if all you ever did in life was uh, read books and uh, watch movies and TV shows, well, maybe you would think it was difficult to find housing. Kind of like the way that uh, TV and movies misled me about uh, finding uh, finding daycare for your child or like getting your child into the right preschool. You know, they always they always make that seem really difficult on uh, on TV. No, there are plenty of those places around. They, they just want your money. As long as you're willing to pay, they'll take it. And I eventually found that to be true about finding housing as well. If you have money, they'll take you. Although I got off to kind of an unusual start when the person who answered the phone 
says hello, and to which I say, I'm interested in the room you have for rent. It says to, uh, to call this phone number, and the, the one that's uh, $95 a month, that one. And the guy says, are you white? <laughs> this is, I, I'm making the gasping face right now in case you can't see my face on the podcast. He literally says, his first words to me, well, after hello, I suppose, are, are you white? And it, it was said, and it just struck me so wildly. And even, now this is in an unwoke era in which I'm doing this, that um, like it, it was shocking back then. I mean, never mind now. And in my mind, I'm going through like, well, gee, what is the right answer? And like, is is my my whiteness going to help me in this situation or hurt me in this situation? And I figured like, well, I'm going to have to meet this person eventually in person eventually anyway. So it, it kind of be hard to lie in, in case we ever meet, you know, pigment to pigment. So I answered honestly. I said, well, yes, uh, yes, I am white. And since this is a qualifier or a disqualifier, I'm not sure. And he says, oh, well, the neighborhood is mostly black. <laughs> Sigh of relief there. Okay, y- yeah, that that's fine. I, I don't care. Um, and uh, actually, but most of my adult life, I, I've I've lived in neighborhoods where I have been in the minority. That's okay. And it's totally fine. Uh, he says, well, yeah, because we sounded like you were white. And, um, you know, the neighborhood's mostly black. I'm fine with that. I'd still like to see it. And uh, of all places, the uh, of, of all things, the place was on a street called Lenore Street. Like, Lenoir. The, the Black Street. Uh, honestly, that was the name of the street. And... Uh, the guy says, uh, "Well, I could, you know, I could meet you over there. I, I, well, what what time do you want to meet?" I said, "No, no, 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 no. I, I got a hotel room for today. I I need it like tomorrow." And the guy says, "Call me tomorrow." <laughs> to which I just had to laugh. Like I, I thought it was going to be so hard to find an apartment. This guy is telling me, "Oh, you don't even need it now. Stop wasting my time, kid. Just call me when you need it." I said, oh, oh, "Okay, but well, did I?" I guess so. Well, why don't we make the arrangements now? But I actually, I actually don't need it yet. So I did. I, I met the guy, and and that first night of me, you know, me and my new impoverished life, I had two houses. <laughs> I had my hotel room, and I had my new apartment, uh, ninety-five dollars a week, on uh, Lenore Street. The guy assured me that uh, now this house that he had, you know, cut up uh, illegally, I'm sure into like little apartments he's like okay you know this you know there's this person and there's another woman uh and uh she well she's white <laughs> and he it's like he, he must have had problems with this before like and he's like reassuring me like oh don't worry there's other white people there too which was just so strange to hear and or maybe it wasn't strange because this guy i'm mean, gonna I, I met him and had a few few dealings with him um <laughs> As as I uh, you know met, met to give him you know the the my money and the, the signed paperwork that I didn't even read and it's a cash cash deal here and uh, I'm not sure if I can if I'm allowed to say the word cracker on a podcast but yeah that that's what this guy was redneck let's say and um, 
he uh, he definitely it definitely was from from the old South it, the stereotype a bit, and I think that I I might have shocked him with <laughs> the fact that I, I was I was not concerned at all uh, with the fact that I was going to be in the minority in that neighborhood. Um, it was a little bit awkward, um, you know, my dealings with him, but it was suitable housing, not worth at all. $95 a week. The housing was probably worth about $12 a week. A little, you know, room and a tiny house that's even smaller than my tiny house now, shared with a few other people. In not the greatest neighborhood, but not a terrible neighborhood either. That um, it was remarkably easy for me to obtain housing that first day. I was willing to give the guy a cash. And that was that was my economics lesson, and that you know the, the political science lesson for today is that um, well, the housing was worth about twelve dollars. The fact that I didn't have to jump through hoops that was worth about a million dollars. Other than the fact that you know did I mind being in the minority in my neighborhood, that was worth about a million dollars, and I was willing to make the deal uh, for my first apartment. So. Hours within, uh, with coming to town, and really like minutes after I picked up that newspaper and started calling places, well, I secured my housing right there, $95 a week, I could swing that. Next was to, uh, to look for work. And after I woke up the following morning at the Days Inn, definitely took advantage of their continental breakfast. Uh, my, I might have even slipped a few granola bars into my pocket on my way out. Uh, don't tell the folks at the day and everybody does it that um, I was on my way to uh, my other house my apartment and uh, it was now Wednesday ready to start pounding the pavement looking for work and uh, that's the story for next time as I thank you for listening in to the podcast today I hope you have enjoyed our time together Listening to the story of the origins in the early days of the story which became the book, The Other Side of the Coin, not available anywhere except my website, which also is the sole sponsor of Math Musings. That would be michaelconnelljr.com. Until next time, I am the aforementioned Michael Connell Jr. And for more information or to contact... Go to MikeOConnellJr.com.